Hi, I'm Mel Majoros. I am a three-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top ten breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. Today we're talking to... Sean Swarner, he is the first cancer survivor to climb Mount Everest, and he has an amazing story. How are you today, Sean? I'm not too bad. Not too bad after uh, being in the car for about eight hours. I know. So uh, how was that? What was that like? You went skiing, though. That's pretty much Yeah. I uh, drove to um, Salt Lake City for the uh, annual winter outdoor retailer show, and it's in Salt Lake City, like I said, and it's it's beautiful out there, and, and uh, my buddy and I, while we were there, figured, you know... Since we're here, we may as well go skiing, and we put in a full day at solitude, which was gorgeous. It's a rough life you have, Sean. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> somebody's got to do it, right? You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I work as hard as I play, so I, I work hard and play hard. Awesome. Well, who doesn't love that, right? Exactly. So I was watching your video, so tell me uh, a little bit about, or tell our listeners, I should say, a little bit about how you found out you had cancer and, and all that well, it's, uh, it's a really weird story because um, I was in eighth grade just playing basketball. Um, you know, it was right after lunch, so I scarfed my lunch as fast as humanly possible to go take advantage of the time that I had between uh, lunch and my next class and ran to the gym. And for whatever reason, the uh, the pegboards, um, I don't know if, if you know what pegboards are, but uh, they go up the wall of uh, the gym and um, it's a board full of holes. And you hold on to pegs, and you place these pegs in oh, the right. hole and basically yes. climb up. And for whatever reason, the, the teachers weren't letting us do that. So I decided to, to go and play basketball, which you know, I, I really never did. But <laughs> for whatever reason, they, they decided to not let us climb the, 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 um, the pegboard. So I decided to play basketball and was playing basketball, went up for a layup, came down, and something snapped in my knee. Oh. And like I said, it was really weird how things worked out because um, eventually that knee injury landed me in the hospital. The doctors thought I had pneumonia, tested me for all that, and after about a week I wasn't getting any better. Oh. And because my uh, my small town, Willard, Ohio, didn't really have the uh, the capabilities to test for much for much more, uh, they took me to Columbus Hospital, a uh, hospital in Columbus, and eventually diagnosed me with uh, advanced four-stage Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. So if I wouldn't have been playing basketball, uh, if the uh, pegboard was <laughs> not available, um, you know, I might be six feet underground. They may never have uh, found the first cancer. So it's good that you were a terrible athlete at the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's great that uh, something happened. Like I said, the knee injury wow. triggered every joint to just go haywire, and that's how they found it. And eventually, uh, just because of dumb luck, they uh, they found the first cancer. So how long were you in treatment for that? And you were, what, 13? <laughs> yeah, I was 13, and I was uh, in treatment for about a year. So the doctors, um, you know, gave me chemo for about a year. Uh, I, gained, I gained 60, 70 pounds, lost all the hair in my body, uh, head to toe. Um, you know, was just in and out of the hospital, in and out of school, just doing as much as I could, uh, trying to be as quote unquote normal as possible. As oh, how was that? Yeah, how was that possible though? With well, I mean, that it, must it, have been it hard. was tough. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was really difficult. Um, you know, because wow, well, I, I was a competitive swimmer. I started when I was about five or six, I think. 
so what? this was this was when I was yeah this was when I was thirteen, <laughs> and I couldn't get in the uh, the swimming pool because I had a Hickman catheter as opposed to a porta cat which you could submerge in water now. Oh right, but yes. a Hickman catheter is just a tube that you know comes out of your chest, so I couldn't submerge that, and I, I played soccer. Um, I continued to run cross country and. I think I was the only person on the soccer team who was allowed a handball because if the hand the ball was coming right towards my chest, and I could put up my hands to to protect my Hickman catheter. Right, exactly. I'm surprised they allowed you to play that. Well, um, you know, my parents tried to encourage me <laughs> to be as normal as possible, and right. when I was feeling good and and I had those those good days and I was feeling well, then they encouraged me to to push it beyond the boundaries and limits. Okay. Yeah, my doctors were like, yeah, you're not playing hockey. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. You know, everyone needs to, you know, have their own boundaries and, and realize that a lot of times um, people are afraid to push it past that. And they need That's to realize true. that uh, even though they are going through treatments, a lot of times, you know, it's just a setback. That's true. So you went through uh, treatment for a year. Mm-hmm. And, and then what happened? Well, um, again, as, uh, as dumb luck would have it, <laughs> um, or, you know, as some people would say, and as I would say, you know, I think uh, the big guy upstairs mm-hmm. had different plans for me. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was going in for a treatment or for a checkup from the first cancer, and they found a tumor on an x-ray, and that's how they found the second cancer. So if I wouldn't have had the first cancer, they would not have found the second cancer, and if I wouldn't have been playing basketball, they wouldn't have found the first cancer. Wow. Now, what kind of cancer was the second cancer? Uh, the second cancer is a type of uh, disease that actually affects a three out of a million people. Oh. And the doctors gave me 14 days to live after diagnosing me with Askin's sarcoma. Wow. The doctors had never seen anything like that before, pretty much, except in like a book? Right. Um, wow. My oncologist had no idea what it was. It's a type of Ewing sarcoma that affects three out of a million people with a prognosis rate of roughly 6%. My goodness. So, yeah, 94% of the people who get it usually pass away. So how did you handle that at, at your young age? Well, um, this time around, like I said, you know, the doctors gave me 14 days to live. Um, they didn't tell me because I was actually unconscious. In oh. um, one day, they found the tumor, did a needle biopsy, took out a lymph node, put in a Hickman catheter, cracked open my ribs, took out the tumor, and started chemotherapy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, so. that's, a, that's a lot. Oh, my goodness. It was a lot to deal with, that's for sure. And um, So that must and, have been know, a surprise when you woke up. You're like, what? It, it was. Um, you know, I, I vaguely remember going in for the Hickman catheter. I remember them doing the needle biopsy. Mm-hmm. And I also vaguely remember being in the uh, recovery room. And then my mom and dad asking the doctor if it was cancer again. Uh, the doctor said yes. And I just remember turning over and putting my face in the pillow and just bawling my eyeballs out oh. because, you know, I, I went through the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to go through the second one because no. I knew what the first one was like. So this time around, they actually um, started chemo. I went through three months of intense chemotherapy, uh, one month of intense radiation therapy, and then 10 or 11 more months of chemo. And every oh. time I went in for a treatment, which my cycle was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I'd recover and... You know, it would depend on how my body would react and and recover before I got the second round of one cycle. And the second round would be Monday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And 
every time I was in for a treatment, the doctors actually placed me in a, in a medical-induced coma because the treatments were so harsh and they did not want me to remember anything. Oh, my goodness. I can imagine. Because so chemo, chemo, you're basically doing chemo, like, every day. Pretty much, yeah. You know, and for I don't how, really remember being 16 years old. Oh, my gosh. For how many hours? For, what do you mean, how many hours? How many hours of chemo did you have? Oh, I, like, straight chemo for those five days. <gasps> oh, uh, gosh, I don't yeah. even know what to say to that. Wow. So it was, oh. it was rough. It, I was, it was inpatient. And um, mm-hmm. like I said, every time I went in for the hospital, into the hospital, I was in there for five or six days at a time. Oh, my goodness. So you don't remember 16. So when you were 17. When I was 17, <laughs> I was in, uh, yeah, I was in remission for mm-hmm. about a year. Um, and, you know, I was, I was getting my life back. I was getting right. my friends back. I was getting my endurance back. I was pushing myself and, and my body and, and everything to limits. You know, I, I kept mm-hmm. doing what I could, just more and more and more. And I just, just really just kept pushing everything that I could. And I didn't want anything to hold me back because at the time, you know, I, I had a new lease on life. Exactly. And I find that with a lot of cancer survivors, I mean, uh, who run marathons and climb mountains, like, well... We'll, we'll get to your uh, Everest story in a minute, but I, I find that a lot. I mean, even with myself, um, I went skiing for the first time after uh, cancer about a year ago, and it was a totally different experience. I, I, oh, I yeah. pretty much had, like, no fear, but I didn't go down the Black Diamonds. I mean, I'm not crazy or anything. <laughs> but. Well, if you ever get back, if you ever get to, uh, to Colorado, let me know, because I live in Breckenridge, and whoever, mm-hmm. whoever's listening, if you guys get out here, you look, yeah, I'd love to go skiing. Awesome. I'm going to take you up on that. So, 17, you were, you wanted to push your limits. So, mm-hmm. what, what were you doing as far as uh, athleticism? Well, believe it or not, a year after I was placed in remission, um, I won my high school's lead track meet, an 800-meter run. Sweet. Yeah. They didn't With just the let of... you They didn't just let you win? No. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I pushed myself hard enough that I, I legitimately won, and I actually ran a 156, which isn't which isn't too bad of a time for, you know, anybody, let alone uh, a guy with one lung, because when I was in treatment, the radiation destroyed my right lung. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So, yeah. so you, when you graduated high school, what did you do then? Well, I went to, because I went to a small school, I grew up in a small town, mm-hmm. um, everybody knew he was cancer boy. I went to, <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly, everybody knows your story, like, you know, you sneeze and your neighbor says, bless you, and the person down the road knows about it. <laughs> um, I went to college, mm-hmm. uh, Westminster College in Pennsylvania, Okay. and I turned into Belushi from Animal House because I had a new <laughs> lease on life and I had a wonderful time. Uh, I think and they I didn't opened, know you as Cancer Boy there, which is nice. Exactly. I, I had a new lease on life, and I was enjoying it. You know, I went to the parties. I had a great time. Uh, and then college was over, and I decided, oh, hey, uh, I better get my butt in gear and get my <laughs> act together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So studied and took the GRE, went to um, uh, Florida to get my master's and my doctorate in psychology. My goal is to be a psycho-oncologist, a psychologist for cancer patients. Nice. Took a sabbatical from my studies and decided that uh, at the time I just wasn't ready emotionally to deal with cancer patients and help right. cancer patients every day of my life. Yeah, that, well, that's got to be hard. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I can imagine talking as a survivor, but mm-hmm. not as a as a psychologist. And, and that's exactly what I thought too. And, and it would have been just too emotionally draining, I, I suppose. Yes. 
but I wanted to, you know, help cancer patients somehow. And at the time, I just didn't know how. And I just did some research with the help of my brother, and we uh, decided that, you know, if I was going to help cancer patients, why not give them something I never had, which is hope? You know, let them know that anything's truly possible. Exactly. And I wanted the highest mountain and the highest platform in the world to screen the potential of the human body and spirit. So we decided that, uh, you know, maybe Mount Everest would be <laughs> something simple that we could, we could accomplish. Did you just say something simple you could accomplish? Well, you know, sarcasm, uh, <laughs> yes, sarcasm know. lies deep in, in, my, in my thoughts. I don't, I don't but, know anything uh, about sarcasm. So. <laughs> no, nothing at all. <laughs> um, so, so you hadn't really, cl- have you climbed before this? The highest mountain I climbed before I left to go do Everest was Mount Elbert here in um, uh, Colorado at okay. 14,000, we'll say roughly 500 feet. Okay. And how tall is Mount Everest? Uh, double that, oh, twenty nine thousand thirty five feet. Wow! So, how long did you train to climb Mount Everest? Um, well, let me preface this answer <laughs> by saying, uh, because of of how active I was during treatment, um, I think my body can handle a lot of things quite differently than others, and it adapts to the surroundings and it heals itself incredibly well. And I only trained for about eight months before I summited Everest. Eight, what? Eight, eight months? months? That's kind of crazy, Sean. <laughs> it's it's kind of like when I did the uh, Hawaii Ironman. I trained for, uh, I think, four months before I did that one. You're just amazing. You're like the $6 million man. Yeah, except I don't have that cool music. Right. Well, you could. <laughs> you make that, do, when, when you run or ski, is it all in slow motion? Do people see that? Well, no... <laughs> I ski pretty quickly, but, <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm just proof that anything's possible. You know, anybody can do it. You just have to have the right mindset, and you have to believe in yourself, and you have mm-hmm. to have the right encouragement and support from family members and loved ones. Exactly. So eight months. So how long did it take, how long does it take the normal person to climb Mount Everest? Because we had talked before the show, I uh, have a relative who has climbed Mount Everest but did not summit. You know, I mean, that must have just been amazing and kind of hard on the body because of the lack of oxygen and just... You got to keep climbing. Exactly, and it's funny you mention that. Um, my tagline is "is keep climbing," and I've been using that for years and years and years. And uh, um, it's anybody who climbs Everest gets to base camp early April, early to mid-April, and they try to summit sometime in mid-May. So you're on the mountain literally for a month and a half. Oh my goodness! For a month and a half, you're climbing. A month and a half, and, and the reason being because you, know, you have to get your body used to the extreme altitude. You can't just go up slowly. You have to go up the mountain and stay at a couple of different camps and come back down to base camp and relax and rest and let your body recover. Um, a lot like going through chemo treatments mm-hmm. where you have to let your body recover before you can handle another onslaught of, of treatments. You, know, you can't handle more chemotherapy until your platelet counts high, until your red blood cell counts high. Um, the same thing going, about going into altitude. You have to wait until your body is recovered, and you have to have more red blood cells to carry more oxygen before you go back up in altitude. That makes sense. So I, I, I just can't believe it. Eight months that you what? <laughs> I'm, st- I'm just I'm just stunned with with one long. Now, did pe- people know that you were a cancer survivor when you started your uh, Everest trip? Um, 
They did. A mm-hmm. lot of people knew I was heading over there, um, you know, to to do what I was going to do. Um, and I had a lot of support, mm-hmm. but also a lot of naysayers saying I shouldn't be on the mountain. Um, a lot of people telling me I wouldn't make it past Camp 2. Oh, that's nice. Um, if, I know. <laughs> but, you know, if, if someone tells me I can't do something, it's just adding fuel to the fire. Oh, yeah, same here. Exactly. <clears throat> Although someone can tell me that I won't climb Mount Everest, and I'll pretty much tell them they're right. But <laughs> You'll believe them. <laughs> I'll believe them. <laughs> but that's just me. I mean, that's just, it's just amazing that you took your, uh, your inspiration and your spirit and just decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my athleticism, what you had, and carry it on to Mount Everest. And now you have you climbed all mountains, all the highest peaks? There, there is something called the Seven Summits, which mm-hmm. is the highest mountain on every continent. Yes. Um, I have climbed the highest mountain on every continent. And there's, well, let me back up. However, there's, there's a discrepancy uh, in, among the Seven Summits and among oh. some, other, some people where, um, well, the highest mountain in Australia is 7,300 feet. Mm-hmm. I did that in flip-flops, and my house in Colorado was higher than that mountain. <laughs> so a lot of people don't consider that as the highest peak. Some people include Indonesia and New Zealand as the highest points uh, on the continent. Okay. And they consider New Zealand and Indonesia as part of the continent of Australia. So I'm going to climb Mount Cook in New Zealand mm-hmm. and Karsten's Pyramid in Indonesia. Hopefully sometime this year. It all depends on you know funding and, and sponsorships and stuff like that. Right. Now you bring people along with you on some of your trips. Is that correct? I do. Um, figuratively and literally, because mm-hmm. on the summit of Everest, I actually took a flag that had names of people touched by cancer awesome. uh, and left it at the summit of the world. You know, forever commemorating the struggle of cancer patients worldwide. Um, on every other summit. I had a flag that said, dedicated to all those affected by cancer in this small world, keep climbing. You know, again, everyone who's been affected by cancer was my courage. Exactly. You know, they, they were my, my inspiration. And they're the true climbers in life because if people are battling for their lives, you know, mm-hmm. you can't turn around from that mountain. I can't. I can get back down and go to base camp, regroup, and go back stronger. Right. People fighting for their lives, they don't have a choice. It's either climb or give up. Exactly. Now, speaking of climb, I know I watched your video on YouTube. Tell me about the shirt that your dad made and how you passed that along to other cancer survivors. Yeah, we're uh, we're working on um, a few things right now. And it's funny you mention that because <laughs> I am not at liberty to speak about <sighs> that anymore. You know, you're like the second person whenever I ask something. Oh, I got something big in the projects, but I can't <laughs> tell you about it. I'm like, seriously. Okay, you're not, allowed, you're not allowed to speak I'm under about contract it? to not speak oh, under contract. However, okay. if other people want to understand the story or hear about the story, they can go to YouTube and search okay. for Sean Swanner and find it. Okay. So uh, we'll post that YouTube. I'll post it on my uh, the Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com Facebook page. There you go. And then you can do that. Okay, so we can't talk about the shirt because it's, you know, <laughs> under wraps because you, you have the, you know... The men in black suits might come, but uh, exactly. what else? <laughs> what else do you have going on right now? Well, um, my brother and I also founded the Cancer Climber Association, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit uh, organization, and our goal is to ultimately have a mobile camp for kids with cancer. Nice. Uh, anywhere uh, in the world, or just? Well, it's going to be a semi truck that oh. actually drives around to Children's Hospitals parking lots. Sweet. It's roughly 6,700 square feet, 
And underneath this dome is going to be a high ropes course, climbing wall, movie theater, classroom, game room, cafeteria, and 2,000 square foot turf area where the kids who are healthy enough are able to um, stay overnight in tents and everything. And if you want to see a yeah. 3D mock-up, like a 3D rendering, you can, you can go to cancerclimber.org. Cancerclimber.org, okay. Uh-huh. I, it sounds and like I want to go play in that. What, I, why does I it know, have to right? be just kids, right? <laughs> You're no kidding. <laughs> Would they no, turn but, me away if I said... Well, <laughs> I'm just joking, Sean. It's I think you should, I think you'd be all right. <laughs> if I say that I knew you, they'd be like, "Yeah, everyone says yeah, they exactly. know Sean." Sure, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and one thing we do, if if, if anyone's interested, yes. Um, every year we take a group up Kilimanjaro. Um, we do a six day climb and a five day safari through the Serengeti, and oh, we sweet. do that every end of July, early August, and we're looking for participants if anyone wants to go. And it's not a technical climb; it is. An endurance hike. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like the, the climb you did in your flip-flops. A little bit more difficult than that, <laughs> considering this mountain is uh, 19,300 feet high. Well, I mean, for you, it would be in flip-flops. For other people, that would be there. A little well, more challenging. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is very challenging every time I go over there. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. So I want to ask you, what would you give to uh, as a message to someone who say is just kind of feeling down and needs a little inspiration, like a cancer survivor who just, as I have a, a friend who uh, is a stage four brain cancer survivor and might need a little, a little positivity. Like if you just met them, what would you say? Well, hi, how you doing? What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, uh, is that? No, I, you know, I, I have a saying that mm-hmm. the human body can live for roughly 30 days without food. Mm-hmm. The human condition can sustain itself for about three days without water, but no human alive can live for more than 30 seconds without hope. Because mm-hmm. without hope, we truly have nothing. So I would tell that person to never, ever lose hope. And if a person who was once given three months to live, once given 14 days to live, mm-hmm. who has one fully functioning lung, who is in a coma for a year of his life, and if that person can climb on Everest, the highest mountain in the world, and do the Hawaii Ironman, anything's truly possible. Never give up. That's true. See? Was that so hard? Come on. Well, after the whole, you know, <laughs> hello, how you doing, what's your name, Parth? And yeah, we get to that. Wow. It, I know. Is that all you've done, Sean? Really? I mean, I don't know. Well, there's a book out there <laughs> called Keep Climbing. There's a book, too? Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. You can, my suggest, people ask me all the time, where can I get it? And honestly... Just go to Amazon.com. It's probably mm-hmm. more expensive for the shipping than it is the book. Oh, I see. And it's all about you, all about your story? Well, it, it is. But again, if you open up the book, it says on the front, you know, again, dedicated right. to all those affected by cancer. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, that, well, that's what this show is about, too. It's not about me. It's about your story and every other uh, cancer survivor's story who I have on here. You know, it's about, it's about your message. And, and it's about everybody's message who's battling for their lives. I think that's phenomenal. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's. I mean, I think that's the purpose why you're doing what you do, you know, and I do what I do, and I'm a little more comfortable in a chair, and you're climbing the mountain that I won't climb, but that's okay. Well, <laughs> well maybe we can get you off that chair and you can go over to Africa. <laughs> Gulp. No, <laughs> then you can join us for the safari. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. So. So people can uh, check out your website to see about the safari, see how I just turned that around. But. Yes, cancerclimber.org. <laughs> wow, awesome. And they, and they can meet you in Africa. They can, yes, exactly. <laughs> I have to get lots of shots and uh, passport, I think. 
And that's is that you said that's like a seven day trip. Um, the entire mountain ant safari mm-hmm. is two weeks in and out of the country, and the reason we do it in the summertime, uh, two reasons: one, so teachers can make it; mm-hmm. uh, those lucky lucky people have you know the entire summer off, kind right. of. Right. Um, and another is it's just after the rainy season, so the weather is very predictable and it's more stable. And instead of driving all over Kingdom Come looking for animals and mm-hmm. lions and tigers and bears and everything, you pull oh, up the watering hole and everything's cohabitating. Nice. That's awesome. And you take a lot of awesome pictures, I, I imagine. Yes. Sweet. Yes. It's, it's, it's quite unbelievable, to be honest with you. And, and the most difficult thing is looking out the window and thinking to yourself, this is not a zoo. If I get out, <laughs> I will be dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine that. That's yeah. just awesome. So people, um, well, so you have your safari. What anything else that you have going on that you want to mention? That's not secret under wraps that you know the government will stop you from talking about. I know. I, I actually have both <laughs> hands tied behind my back right now. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, because if I mention that, then then right. they'll, they'll break my arms. But I, I can't. Um, you know, like I said, the uh, the trip to Kilimanjaro is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And we're looking for about five more people to join the trip. Okay. So we only have five spots left. But um, And that money goes to charity when you donate it? I mean, it obviously helps pay for the trip. Right, right. Uh, the majority of it goes to, to pay for the trip. Mm-hmm. However, as soon as you sign up, um, it's a $500 tax write-off because 500 bucks goes directly to Cancer Climber and Sweet. that mobile camp. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. When, when is the uh, expected date of the truck? Well, we need or to raise $1.3 million. Oh, and how far along are you? Do you have one of those, like, uh, thermometers in your office? <laughs> Unfortunately, no, because our thermometer says it's about 58 degrees in the house. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, we're working our way up there, and we're doing everything we can. Um, we have a bunch of new people mm-hmm. in the office, and we're making incredible strides this year. This is going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one. And, you know, there's a big children's hospital in Grand Rapids, which is about four hours away from here, called DeVos. And, uh, you know, I'm expecting in the next year or two to see that truck and be able to play in it. Okay. Well, you have a personal (laughs) invitation. You're welcome anytime. Sweet. Let's just uh, remind people where they can get a hold of you, Sean. Uh, You can go to SeanSwarner.com or Mm -hmm. CancerClimber.org, either one of those. Awesome. And uh, so I'll, I'll let you uh, go, and you'll take care of your dog. I, n- I know you guys had a long trip today. You were having yes. fun skiing, which I'm very jealous. I haven't gotten out on the slopes yet this year, but uh, I'm going to wrap up like I usually do. This is The Cancer Warrior. You can always find me on Facebook because I am a Facebook junkie. Check out the show on Facebook, The Cancer Warrior, on EmpowerRadio.com. Check out my website, TheCancerWarrior.net. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's The Cancer Warrior on EmpowerRadio.com.